Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. This part of the program is not suitable for sensitive listeners and for anyone under the age of 18. Note that the views expressed on this show are not that of the station or the presenter. Closet Conversations. A big welcome to the ever so beautiful and bubbly Dr. Evelyn Mashokwa, who is a urologist and a surgeon. She specializes in kidney, bladder, reproductive organ problems and related treatments. Beautiful Dr. Mashokwa, how are you doing this evening? Good evening, Patricia, and good evening to the listeners. I'm doing great. Thank you. It's been such a long time. Have missed you? Yes, it's been. And I'm sure you've been very busy at uh, at the practice. Yo, I can only imagine. <laughs> okay, so Dr. Mushokwa, let's get right to it. Circumcision, right now when it comes to um, the season that we're in, circumcision season or initiation school season, it's quite a big talk. And there's a lot of tragedies that are happening. Yes, it's a rite of passage, but this rite of passage that is traditional also has some fatalities. Um, what goes wrong up in the mountains when it comes to the procedure? You know, when we, let me first explain what we mean when we talk about circumcision, and then we can take it from there, because a lot can go right, and some can go wrong, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about circumcision, which most of the time we, you know, mention on, in, you know, people who were born physically male, uh, it's where the foreskin, which is the skin that is soft, which goes beyond the head uh, of the penis, gets cut. So that's basically what it is. And it can be done, you know, for religious, and you mentioned cultural reasons. It can be done even for medical reasons, where you find that someone consults and they advise, you know what, circumcision would be the best thing for you to do. So in doing this, as we are saying, it is a surgical, it is surgery. Some people say it's an operation. So basically, when you cut, uh, you know, the body by all times will try to heal and cover up whatever has been cut to basically bring home. But every time when we are cutting, we kind of temper, you know, with the protective uh, mechanism that the skin gives to us. Every time the skin is cut, remember... We expose whatever is inside the body to the outside. So things like germs or bacteria, you know, are actually in contact, now can be in contact and can get into the bloodstream. So that is one of the things that can happen where you can have infection. That's one risk. The second one is bleeding. Because you are cutting, remember, we are trusting the body to form clots, to cover up and then to make those clots and seal, make it glue so that one can stop, you know, bleeding. So in some people, for instance, especially there's a condition which we call things like hemophilia, where someone can bleed and bleed and bleed. And this is commonly seen in, you know, uh, male people. So what happens when that happens is that you can bleed for a long time because that's what we call factor 10, which is short in the body, which cannot, you know, makes the blood not to be able to clot. So bleeding... It's a second complication, you know, that can happen as a result of uh, doing, you know, circumcision. And then other things, I think like pain, you know, because, you know, when, whenever you cut, the body will, 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 will re, re, react, you know, that, you know, there's pain. And we need to be able to also manage that because it can be traumatic, 
you know, to someone not only physically but also emotionally over time. So we need to look at all those aspects. So what are the things, you know, that can go wrong during the cutting? One uh, can be cutting too much skin. You find that too much skin that has been cut, you find that after, you know, the cut, then the skin goes all the way to the bottom, you know, of the penis and leaves a big gap. So that can be an issue. And then other things can be cutting more than the skin, where you find that even the glands or the head of the penis or the tip is cut, you know, by mistake. And if that happens, then it actually affects a lot the look, you know, of the of the penis itself, uh, the functioning. Like you find that where urine is supposed to come out now is actually narrow or it's too big than it should be, and the urine stream cannot be directed, you know, uh, as a result comes out almost like a shower. So things like that. So there are many things which can go wrong. Usually it will differ from one case to another. Some people can even... You know, immediately after cutting, when someone wants to stop bleeding, you find that they put the bandage or whatever you use to stop bleeding, you put it too tight. If you put that too tight, now the blood supply to the whole penis may actually be interrupted. Then you find that someone can lose the penis, uh, you know, completely or partially. And what we say is that one penis loss is one too many. And that is why we are talking, you know, about this topic to enlighten people about this. Mm, we really need to have a, a deep understanding because there needs to be a, a point uh, between tradition and the medical health that, uh, they, that they meet, that point where they meet so that um, our rite of passage doesn't go hand in hand with the bitter taste in the mouth of death and demise of a young men. But there's also the circumcision of women. Um, it's not such a big practice in South Africa, but talk to us about what happens when a woman is being circumcised. Yeah, I think, well, like what you say, it is not a big practice in South Africa, but it is, you know, one of the practices which we should acknowledge and be aware of. And it's not only an issue of being in South Africa. And what is interesting, we know uh, we are more of a multi, you know, racial, multinational society where there is a lot, you know, of blending uh, in our communities. So, like, when you look in the southern part of, you know, Africa, yeah, like I will talk about areas like when you look at like uh, in the north, you know, I'm from Limpopo. So you find that there is also, you know, a passage for women where there's a ritual. And, you know, we talk of circumcision more, not than just traditionally, more than just, you know, the physical aspect, but more like a school where people are being schooled. But also there's a physical signs to show that you have gone through that passage. So in females, there are different things, you know, that can be done depending where someone comes from. But one of the things is, especially in the South African region, is where there's pulling, like, of the labia. You find that instead of cutting, it's actually lengthening. So that is one of the things, you know, that you'll see where you, the, the labia minora. Remember, in females, there are lips which are outside and then there are lips which are inside. You find that the lips that are inside, you know, will be pulled. And this is juicy, not only... In, in, you know, in the South African context, but also other, you know, sub-Saharan countries where, like, I'll give an example, like Malawi, for instance, where they'll do almost a similar thing and they take pride, you know, in this, in pulling and making the labia, the inner lips longer. But as you travel across, you know, the African uh, continent and going more to the north, 
you find that the practice becomes different. Okay, wait, wait, wait a bit, Doc. Yeah. In, in terms of pulling the labia, the inner labia, yes. why yes. do they do this? Or maybe, let's not say why. What is the impact of pulling of the liber, uh, inner labia in a woman's vagina sexually? Yes, I mean, uh, you know, culturally, some of the things are that when you pull in the labia uh, with uh, intravaginal uh, penetration, penetration, you find that the labia almost like hugs uh, the penis during uh, penetration. So some people mention that it does enhance, you know, the, the satisfaction. And some men, you find that they actually even get involved in assisting their partner to pull. Uh, in, in, I mean, they, they do it together. And it's kind of part of the intimacy to do that. And they slowly pull over. It doesn't happen over, you know, a, a day. But it happens over a period where every day when there's pulling happening, then, then the lengthening will happen. And you find that it can be done with someone, you know, with the elderly uh, women, or it can be done with a partner. So it depends on which part of, you know, the cultural space one comes from. Okay, yes, but doc- that is one of the things that people will say that no, it can enhance. But some people Ooh, like it, un- it enhances. Yeah. Doc, it enhances for who? For the woman? For the man? For both? It can enhance it for the men. That no, when it happens, that, you know, it's kind of like. Uh, holds uh, or you know covers the penis during uh, thrusting, then it's also like more extra, you know, than only the vagina on its own. Ah, but dog, you know, it's it's all good and well that we need to uh, have pleasurable sex, but if a woman's labias, I don't know, it sounds like something uncomfortable to be pulled down there, but if they're going to be pulled not for the satisfaction of both the woman and the man and only for the man, sexually this doesn't sound like a fair practice. It sounds like a bit of an oppressive practice that the woman is only there for the pleasure of the man. Yes, all good and well, the penis is being hugged by these labias, but uh, I try to talk. Yeah, but let me, I mean, remember we're talking about uh, things which uh, culturally, you know, are being done or practiced. And some people will actually be for, and I'm I'm saying it because we do see sometimes now where people start coming and saying, you know what, can you please reduce the labia? Where, are you, you know, serious? The surgery. Yes, they come and they're like, no, you know what, I need surgery to change this because I don't like how the labia looks. Because you find that when someone is standing you can see the labia hanging uh, between the thighs uh, as well. So they come sometimes when they grow up or now, we do see a lot will come and say, no, I need it to be reduced. I need it to look, you know, aesthetically pleasing. So they actually change that. And it's one of the easy uh, procedures, you know, to do. But I must say that in addition to that, that are you aware that some of the circumcision for men, that they will do it because the partner prefers it as well. So it's mm. it, 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 also the flip of the coin. When you find that a man does not necessarily want to do circumcision, but is pressurized by his partner, because, I mean, studies have been done that show that women would prefer most of the time to have, you know, intimacy or sexual intercourse with men who are circumcised. Why so is you this? find that a woman, I mean, a man is the one who is kind of putting pressure on the partner, you know, to, to have circumcision. So... It can be the flip of the coin as well. Why, why is it that um, from that research that more women prefer circumcised men? Does it do anything different inside the vagina? I think it's an issue of it doing anything different, but some people get relatively more comfort with, you know, uh, the foreskin that is actually not there because of, you know, for cleanliness reasons, 
you find that the cleaning is much more easier for some. And But if you teach someone actually who, who is not circumcised how to clean themselves, they can actually be able to do it. So that is one of the reasons why people would prefer that. And now, you know, we've been talking a lot about male medical circumcision in South Africa. It's a big thing. It's a, you know, we've got kind of, you know, reach out a project on circumcision where it is done uh, on the basis of, you know, trying to reduce infections and, you know, uh, HIV. So that is one of the things where people will be like, no, the foreskin may be an issue. But what we always say, which is why we are having this topic, is that every man is born with a foreskin. And having to decide to have it out should be actually be done in a space where the person is comfortable and knows what they are doing. And Mm. that is why the teaching and the discussion is very important. I agree with you. Very important. But we're talking circumcision and sexual performance. A team is to circumcise or not to circumcise. Um, how do you feel about it for both men and women? Let me know. What's your preference? You want a partner with long inner labias as a man? Do you want, a, um, you know, as a woman, do you want a partner who's circumcised or not circumcised? Does it make a difference? What is the pleasure element on it? Zero one one seven one four two double zero six. If you're a parent, do you give your child the option? Um, to circumcise or are you the one who's taking the decision for them? 0614104107 that's our WhatsApp number. Let's take a quick break. Late Night Conversations Monday to Thursday 10pm till midnight Closet Conversations We are joined by Dr. Mushokwa who's a urologist talking circumcision and sexual performance. Now Doc, when... What is the major difference, right, for, well, not even the major difference, but I can only imagine, men who are circumcised, um, I mean, that foreskin is uh, concentrated with nerve endings, I can only imagine the pleasure they enjoy if they've got it. I'm, I'm just thinking. And then women who are circumcised in terms of their clitoris has been removed, where that's also concentrated with nerve endings, the pleasure they'll be missing out on, and uh, the discomfort of the woman who goes through the rite of passage of being um, elongated down there when it comes to the labia. So, uh, I mean, what can be done for a person who has been circumcised, male and female, um, and they no longer have those nerve endings that are so concentrated and aid in extremely pleasurable sex? Yeah, I should say, let's uh, talk, because uh, we talk on, on openly, you know, about circumcision, especially in men. You're talking about the nerve endings, and one of the things which I think is important, remember, I just want you to picture, you know, a penis which is not circumcised, that will have the skin, which is outside, and then which envelopes, uh, you know, the head of the penis. When you pull back that skin, it should, from the age of four years, it should be able to go back, okay? But in some people, you find that it does not go back. You know, it can't go back. Uh, that's what we call trimosis. It's where there's narrowing of the head. And if you manage to pull the skin back, the inner part, which has been covered, is very soft, as you say. It's very thin, and definitely it's very uh, sensitive. So, but in some people as well, at the bottom of the penis, there's you know, kind of like the skin that is pulled together. We call that a frenulum. So that as well can be, you know, an issue for some people where you find that, like, during sexual intercourse, it can be cut. You can have tears there. And I know with some cultural cultures, they'll actually, part of it, of circumcision, they will 
cut that either with like a thorn, you know, but we do also, we call it frenulectomy. We do also release that. That also helps a lot so that a man does not feel pain uh, during sex. Because, you know, there are some people who would be like, you know what, after sex I actually bleed. Being a man, mm. meaning that they bleed from there due to a tear, for instance, or cracks. So someone who's not circumcised may experience problems during sexual intercourse which needs attention. And some of them are cracks uh, on the penis. They are, you know, frenulum which gets torn and then the foreskin which cannot go back. And sometimes if they forcefully pull it back, you find that they can get what we call paraphimosis, meaning that that foreskin kind of engulfs and forms a bottleneck around the, 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 the head of the penis. And then it will swell and form what we call paraphimosis. It gives this thing looking like a donut you know, effect around the head of the penis. And that also can be quite painful. It's an emergency. We usually will see them and then we will treat them for that. So there are things which not being circumcised can actually be kind of like, you know what, it's interfering not only with yourself, but definitely with your sexual life, where there is a need, you know, now to consider circumcision. And those are some of the things. Some people will develop things like what, what, where, it's lesions on the penis which look almost like cauliflower, you know, and then they start small and then they can start extending and being bigger. And those are the things which will tell you, no, you need to have circumcision, definitely medically. And it can start from any age where we decide that, you know what, there's a need for circumcision. Sometimes early uh, in childhood or, you know, when someone's less than a year where they need circumcision, you know, seriously so. Or even late, we have got people coming to do circumcision above the age of 60 years. So it can be varied, you know, across age ranges. So those are some of the things that we know it's medically indicated. But like what you say, how can it affect, you know, someone's sexual life? When circumcision is done, the part of the skin that is very thin, uh, as we talked about, uh, becomes exposed now because we do the cutting. The body will regenerate, so the sensation will still be there. But the issue is that the skin becomes relatively hard. You know, I like uh, simulating it to someone who's used to, you know, scrubbing the floor, for instance, on their knees. You look at their knees, they become hard and dark over time. So the same thing when the skin is exposed now to the underwear, the head of the penis, the glands, and also the skin itself, which is remaining, will over time become thicker because it's rubbing, you know, with the underwear all the time. And of course, when someone becomes sexually active as well, so the body will adapt, adapt, you know, to that. But the sensation will be, as long as there's still movement, usually that actually, you know, still works. And not having the frenulum, which is, you know, tight. So those are, and some people also struggle to put a condom, for instance, if they, they still have the foreskin and they cannot, you know, you have to train yourself, you know, to do it and do it in a relatively quicker space, you know just before intercourse, so that is the other thing. So, But otherwise, I can tell you that there are some myths which are there, which people will say, no, uh, I have got early ejaculation, and I would want to do circumcision to try and, you know, increase my time and not have early ejaculation. I want to say that, you know, in some people it can help, but not in everyone. So we don't want to give people over hope. But what is important is for people to know and understand how their body works, because someone may still be circumcised and still have early ejaculation. So 
So that is one of the things that you should be aware of. And there are some men who will tell you, no, you know what, I want my foreskin back because I, you know, I actually take too long to ejaculate. And uh, this happened since I had circumcision. It will be only in those people who had circumcision when they're adults who will tell you what it has been like before and how it is like after. And in that case, you find that some are saying, no, I would want to have, you know, the sensation back. And if you check even on the Internet, there are people who devised, I mean, who have kind of come with innovation of how to bring that, you know, the foreskin back, for instance. So there's a lot of debate around it, and it's very important for people to be aware of. But I think it's also important to know there are other advantages. We talked about infections, but other ones, I think, like penis cancer, that when we see a lot of men who have penis cancer, usually they are not circumcised. And when people get circumcised, like before the age of 10 years, it has got that protective effect of reducing the risk of cancer of the penis drastically. And that is why uh, when we look at the incidence of penis cancer, especially in our context, it's very high amongst men who are actually not circumcised. Let me go to the A-teamers' uh, comments and questions here. This one is from Donald and Rustenburg. says, good evening, Patricia and all A-teamers. Is it true that if a man is circumcised, it will be rough and dry during sexual intercourse as compared to the one with foreskin? I want to know from the good doctor. Okay, I think we just talked almost about that, that you know what, it depends on individuals that, you know, for some men, yes. So... We cannot attribute everything, you know, to circumcision. Definitely not. Okay. All right. So circumcision does not uh, impact. Well, let's let's be specific. Male circumcision, uh, because I think yes. it would be different for female circus- circumcision, yes. right? Definitely. Definitely. So, so, so for female circumcision, what happens? I mean, you don't have a clitoris no more. Um, does a woman still get to reach orgasm? Does she enjoy the sex, or is she just doing it out of obligation? I think, and that is one of the things where, I mean, when you're talking about circumcision in terms of cutting, you know, there are gradings which we use of how how much the how much the cutting can be, because it may be just cutting of the labia, it may be cutting of the labia and the clitoris, you know. So, and one of the things is that you know the sensation will be lower, but definitely there will be pain, you know. And in the early phases, there'll be a lot of bleeding, for instance with dilatation during intercourse. So it can be associated with pain when we're talking about sex in a case where there has been cutting. And that is why uh, there's been a big drive, you know, for instance, uh, you know, in countries like, uh, you know, Senegal, for instance, uh, you're playing now a salif from, for instance, you know, those regions where there's a big drive on self saying no, no, no. And you know to and they don't even call it circumcision; they call it mutilation because of what it gives, you know, to that. But some people will actually want to do it because it's something which is, you know, kind of attributed and given high value in the society. But the issue is when it comes to sexual intercourse, definitely a big impact and in terms of pain that can be associated. Remember, most of the feelings or nerves that are there uh, sexually in uh, females, what happens is that the nerves are on, going over the clitoris, and that is where most of the sensation is. So you can imagine when that is off. The issue is that it does not completely mean that someone cannot reach climax, because remember, there will be still nerve endings. 
the issue is finding them where they are. I think that is important, you know, to it would kind of like trying to find out, you know, with the partner where that would be. And, uh, you know, also I think the mindset as well is very important because we do have people who have not even had any, uh, I mean, circumcision, who will have, you know, anorgasmia, where they don't reach climax. So please be aware of that. We have talked about this before, where someone may just not reach orgasm and where you need to kind of learn your body and see how can I reach orgasm and how to do it. Yeah. Mm. All right. Um, okay, here's another one. Uh, good evening, uh, Patricia and your team. Uh, circum- uh, s- circumcision is only best when it's done um, when you are early in age, especially in our Khoisan community. But when adults go for it, then the penis ends up losing power and it's not good. This is from De Beers, who's in Mitchell's plane. So, uh, Doc, yeah, circumcision for, for boys or men, what's the difference if one circumcises when they are young? I know other c- cultures believe in circumcising at the age of um, three months, six months, and then others is from the age of 12 upwards. What's the difference and what are the impacts of circumcising a child as opposed to someone going to circumcise when they're an adult? Yeah, you know, some they actually do it for newborns, I should say. Mm. Uh, yes, the issue is when it's done with, with a newborn, they have not had, you know, a choice anyway. So they grow up, to them it's normal. And we do see this like, I think it's like, you know, most of the Western West African communities where it's done very early, like Ghana, you know, Nigeria, you know. But, and they, they get surprised when they see someone with a fourth skin, you know, that what's going on. And the issue is that it's done early, neonates, and then from there on. So with that, you cannot compare with anything, I should say. And like someone who say, you know, you know, when it's done as an adult, you know, they reduce, reduce power because they have known before how it was, and now they're checking how it is after. But the advantages, you know, of doing it early, some are that, firstly, the issue of healing is much more, you know, it's quicker, it's much more better as well in the younger, you know, people, because uh, firstly, testosterone, remember, it's one of the hormones which um, gives the erection, penile length, and bleeding is actually more, you know, like from puberty upwards. You find that the bleeding when you do circumcision is more as well because of uh, testosterone. So that is one of the things, the, the issue, the healing aspect that we do see and bleeding and the procedure itself. Although when we do it relatively early, like by one year, you know, two, three years, you find that the foreskin is basically glued, you know, or stuck onto the head. So we have to peel it off. When peeling it off, Many parents will see that, you know, during the healing, the glands itself or the head of the penis looks like, it, you know, it's discharging some fluid or there is um, almost like a crust forming over it. But over time it will heal and it will not even show a scar because, you know, it's almost like the lower lip, the lips, you don't see any scar immediately after the, the, the healing. So that is one of the things. But the second thing which I want people to be aware of is the opening, what you call the meatus, where urine comes from. When we do circumcision in younger children, that meatus or the opening, in some of them, it can over time actually look much more thin or narrow. We call it, we call it meatal stenosis. You find that when the child is peeing, they kind of push, you know. 
So, and that can be dilated to open it up so that somebody can be able to pee well. But in terms of sensation, sexual, really, how can you compare as someone who did it as a child and as an adult? You can't because they, they will, they'll tell you different stories. They, it's only someone who did it as an adult will tell you before and after, you know, how it has been. And the third thing uh, is we talked about, you know, uh, the impact on things like infections, for instance, and on, you know, penile cancer. I'm mentioning this again because we know men who have got penis cancer, you find that they're shy to go and consult. When there's a lesion or something on the penis, don't be scared. We deal with things like that daily. Go to your nearest and have it checked. Because right. sometimes... Doctor, some please hold it there. there. I need to go to a quick break. We'll come back after this. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Closet Conversations. We are in the closet and our guest is Dr. Evelyn Mushokwa, who is a urologist. We are talking circumcision and your sexuality. So, Doctor, before we went to the break, you were just uh, uh, rounding off a point around the circumcision, whether it's good when you're younger or older. Yes, yes. We're talking about, you know, the advantage that if it's done after the age of 10, usually you find that, uh, you know, that advantage of, uh, you know, reducing the risk of penis cancer actually goes away because some of the theories are on uh, exposure to smegma. Smegma is, you know, this whitish or chalk-like uh, material that you can find uh, between, I mean, inside the foreskin. You know, sometimes when the person finishes passing urine, it can come out almost like in a mil- like milky, you know, whitish. So, because if the foreskin is covering over the glands, over time, it's like dead skin, which will actually build up within, you know, the foreskin between the head and the foreskin itself. So, we call that smegma. It's not bacteria or infection, but it's just dead squamous tissue or the skin that is there. So it builds up there and then over time you'll see those when you pull back the foreskin, you see this whitish, uh, you know, material coming out. So that's one of the theories that the long or prolonged exposure to that is what could be, you know, increasing the risk, uh, you know, for, for, for the cancer. But otherwise, what is important as well is hygiene. Hygiene, very important. Cleaning, and knowing from the age of four should be easy. And if one is not sure, can always, you know, ask or seek help on how to do it. And then I just wanted to also mention on, on in women, especially for the labia, when we were talking about the pulling, that in some, you find that this, you know, it, it, it would be pride in the culture of people who are doing circumcision in females to have longer, you know, the longer the better. It would, it would give, you know, woman pride for having longer labia. But the issue is that when someone is working, it's almost like rubbing off, you know, the labia. So that is one of the things which can give pain as well. That every time you are working, you are causing the friction of the labia. Some can even stand to put on an underwear because of the friction that is there and can also cause alteration there on the longer labia. Mm, other right. than the look yeah okay beware a teamers uh, circumcision and sexuality does have a m- meeting point and you need to make sure you're on the right side of it this one is uh from 
Atima um, Ilunga, who is in Cape Town, saying, Hi, sis Patricia and the doc. In DRC, it is done when someone is a baby and has been done for generations. Here are some voice notes. Uh, good doc and Patricia. Uh, I'd like to remain anonymous. Some of us went through the traditional way of uh, circumcision. And uh, I've realized that uh, when you go there, May, the target is to actually cut underneath the head of the penis, which is the most painful part. And that's where mm -hmm. most of uh, men will bleed uh, after the process or after the procedure. I don't know. Why is that the, uh, under the head of the penis is the target? And which is the most painful part, actually, because... Uh, sometimes you are cut live. Mm. You know, there's no medication there. You are cut live, and you can feel it as well, which is a very painful experience. Sure, doc. Okay, that sounds like someone who's got experience in this thing, and mm. I'm I'm scared. I'm squirming. Talk to us about it. Yes, and under the head, just for anonymous, it it's actually a lot of nerve endings there as well. It's a very sensitive area. You know, like for those who may be using, for instance, when using a male vibrator, that is the target area as well because the nerves are there. But also there's an artery there, or artery is the blood supply, that, you know, regular artery that goes there as well. And that's why there'll be more bleeding. But there's a target for that, as I already, you know, have said to you, that when that part, you know, of under the head, uh, where the skin is tight and pulling in, uh, it, during thrusting, it can easily get torn and can be very painful. And I think that's why this, you know, would be the target as well. So, but I should say that even healing, you know, of circumcision, that's the area which heals last as well, because it's almost like a triangle, you know, for the healing and can be quite, you know, an area to focus on when giving attention. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, you know what, Doc? When it comes to circumcision, all right, and and not circumcising our private parts, um, we have talked about the 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 the, um, the sexual side, how it impacts on mm -hmm. your sex life, and so on. Medically, how it should be done. Let us talk about the penis size, because there's this conception that men who are not circumcised have a longer penis because of the foreskin. But it, it does circumcision affect penis size at all? No, it doesn't. But uh, I should say what you are mentioning, it's a concern for some people, definitely. Uh, remember, the, the penis is not, does not look the same to everyone. I mean, in every man, it, it's always different. So some men will have what we call a redundant foreskin, meaning that the foreskin is so long in them, and that it, you know, when the person is standing, it kind of, you know, gives that uh, impression of a long penis. So now you can imagine if someone has got a redundant foreskin and then it's cut, definitely they'll feel like, no, my penis is now smaller, you know, than how it used to be. But with erection, remember, the foreskin gets absorbed uh, onto the penis. So one will be able to see that, no, there's not, there's no change, you know, in the penis size. But secondly, we t we talked about cutting too much skin, which 
I think it's very important because if it's too much skin cut, now what will happen is that the penis will want to erect, but it will actually pull part of the scrotal skin, for instance, with it. And now it can actually be an issue when there's a need for penetration. You find that only the tip can be able to penetrate because at the bottom, it's almost like a pyramid. So it cannot be able to penetrate. And then it, now it's affected in terms of, you know, size, definitely. And there are other things that circumcision can expose, which I need to quickly mention. One is the opening. We found that someone didn't know that they've got a big opening on the glands. Uh, we call it a mega meatus, and they come worried after, you know, circumcision. Some, they may have some small whitish. Uh, it's almost like sores, you know, which are around uh, the penis like a crown. Uh, they are pearly white, and they are in lines. Uh, we, people will come, and they'll be, you know, very worried about it, that, no, I've got these sores, I don't like them, or, because now they start seeing them. And that is actually normal uh, glands that are there. And it's not, you know, a big issue. I always tell people that, no, this is normal. It's what your body's made of. It's what makes your skin to be to be oily as well and not to be dry. And it's fine. And you can engage yourself in a sexual intercourse, even oral sex. It's fine. It's safe for you. So those are some of the things which are very uh, important for someone to know about their body. Okay, let's go to this voice note. Good evening, ladies. I have a question. So, is it true that if you are circumcised as an adult, your penis will become enlarged? Your penis will be bigger than when it was when you were uncircumcised? <laughs> the question I've just asked, dog, uh, but at least you've yeah. answered it. And another thing, circumcision, does it really help delay ejaculation? Or do men ejaculate just based on the sexual pleasure and their own threshold when it comes to sex? In some, it may, theoretically, like we just talked about, the sensation, you know, with the hardening, the getting used to, to you know, rubbing against underwear and the skin becoming relatively thick. But there are many men who are circumcised who experience early uh, ejaculation So, and the other way around. So I think, you know, every person should be treated individually more than putting all the credit, you know, to circumcision. Okay, before we wrap up, how do, does the use of condom impact uh, um, the, the, those who are circumcised and those who are not circumcised? Yeah, I think, like, uh, especially for someone who, uh, let's start with someone who's not circumcised, uh, and they cannot pull the skin back. Putting a condom becomes a skill. It's something that can be done, I should say. It's possible to be able to do that, to be able to put, you know, the condom over, but it's something which, obviously, one has, you know, to practice. And then uh, in the case of the skin that can be able to pull back, like I said, that you can get, you know, kind of like absorbed over uh, the penis. That makes it easier uh, to put on a condom. And in someone who is circumcised, putting a condom can also, I mean, it's relatively much more easier. But obviously, if someone is not having a firm erection, sometimes putting a condom can be like the end where they lose, you know, um, the erection. So what I like recommending is that, you know what, it's okay to involve your partner when you are doing it, putting on a condom, then it doesn't kind of separate, you know, 
your partner is there waiting for you to have the condom on, make it a funny moment, fun time moment, where you kind of engage together to do it, and then uh, part of the intimacy as well. All right. Um, Doc, I think uh, you have given us so much information. Now we understand when it comes to circumcision and uh, sexual performance, what to do and not to do, what to look out for. Thank you very much for joining us. How do our A-teamers get in touch with you if they've got any um, urology-related questions or queries or assistance they require? Uh, you know, I actually always mention on my website of the com. And of course, uh, on Instagram, I'm there as uh, Dr. Evelyn Moshoba. Simple as that. Uh, Doc, it's always such a great pleasure. Thank you for joining us. It's a great pleasure. Thank you. Hey, teamers, it's time for us to head on home. We'll leave you with some great, great music. May goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success.